Hi guys, and welcome to the Watchbox.com studios. This is the Trading Desk, and today Jason and I are going to be discussing Long and Paddock. Leave your thoughts in the comment section below. Oh, hi. Long time no see. How are we? Hey, Jason. Hey. Hey guys, so this is the official start of the show. My name is Joshua Thanos. This is Jason Maine. What's so, going on guys? Welcome. We're back. Right. We got some uh, controversial stuff to talk about. Absolutely. So today. Here on the trading desk, we're going to decide once and for all, which is better, Longa or Patek Philippe. But first, wrist shots. Jason, what do you got? I got something exciting today. What's that? One year in the making. Oh, geez, dude. You forgot. That's right. I totally forgot. Let's get a... There you go. Look at that. It's a little icy. It's a polar. This is your uh, 216570 reference. It's a 42 millimeter Explorer 2, for those of you that don't know, and uh, polar dial, as referred to, with the white dial with the beautiful black surrounding on the hands, and the markers just pops off that dial. Orange <coughs> GMT hand. Um, I have waited a little over one calendar year to get this watch, and uh, I love it. it. It's living up to the hype um, that I set set it up for, and uh, it's been great. It's only been on the wrist for two days, but uh, I could easily see uh, why people love this watch. And I've been talking myself into it for so long that I'm I was a little worried that once I got it. Uh, it wouldn't live up to it, but yeah. I find myself, you know, finding little details as you do with, you know, anything you get new. Like, I'm like, oh, wait, look at that. Oh, wait, look at that. And uh, oh, you're obsessed. A good dude. bit of my day has been spent staring at it. So, and I just want you guys, let's get a close up of Jason's face real quick. You can see this is Jason in full excitement right now. Like, he's bursting at the seams. He cannot, he cannot be happy. Look at him. Hey. No, you did. You sent me a text message because I was in Florida at the time when you got it. You sent me a text message with a few expletives and uh, you're, damn, that, it, it is nice. Yeah. It is nice. We were talking yesterday whether or not the white or the black dial is nicer. And I think you decided that you have the white hey, now. You should also have the black. black. <laughs> you should also have the black dial. It's an awesome watch. I mean, so right now it's a, it's a stainless steel sport Rolex that trades just below retail. So that's a plus. And it's like off the beaten path. So you don't. Not every guy's every. If you don't know watches, you might not know that's a Rolex. So, it's it's like perfect for you. Yeah, I yeah. love it because it's you know I've always been drawn to the, the to the quirky Rolexes, and uh, you know it fits a little bit bigger than a sub. But I also think that it complements my non date really well. They're two oh, yeah. good watches to have at the same time, as opposed to having like a date and a non date, mm -hmm. or having you know I used to love the uh, I still do, but I wouldn't own one at the same time. The one one six six zero zero. Right. Uh, you know, the Seed Weller 4000. Yes. Owning that and a date sub or a non-date sub Doesn't is kind of silly, whereas these complement each other pretty well. So, yeah. how about you? What are you wearing? Oh, yeah. So, I have something not quite as exciting, but something that I really love and something that when I got it was, like, giddy as well. So, I have a Cartier Santos, the new XL. 39.5 millimeter, has amazing technology in the bracelet. So, the bracelet... Uh, and the links have like a quick change and quick release mm -hmm. technology, which is unbelievable. This is an in-house movement as well, which for snobs may not care because it's Cartier. But honestly, Cartier, their CPC division does some unbelievable stuff. So um, if you can set aside, you know, your snobbiness, I think it's a fantastic watch. Also for the price point, like it's it's highly available, but in high demand. 
$6,600 retail and you know pre-owned they're actually trading pretty strong still I, I think it'll probably end up coming down a little bit just because it is a Cartier and but whatever but I mean it's like it's by far the best release that, that Cartier's had in, in a long I mean, time they, yeah they've been seeing a lot of success with that piece oh dude I uh, I feel like at this point I'm selling like one or two a month yeah you're the that model's ambassador I guess but other people are too I just sold uh, and it's uh, the watch depending on you know how large the wrist is like it can be a unisex watch too so if you're looking for a watch that you want to share with your wife because you want to buy her a gift for yourself which i know some people do i do that too it's not a bad option yeah my wife's wrist is a little too small to handle something like this but um but again it's just it's nice it's like a nice knock around um i've <laughs> the bezels beat the shit already so i, I for one for... excited to see the chronographs when they start shipping yeah yeah i'm, I'm surprised we haven't got them yet uh, i didn't i don't remember what they said in regards to how long until they start shipping but um, it was supposed to be june okay all right so we'll see them in june all right guys so that's wrist shots next up we are going to skip this or that this week and uh we're going to talk about the top five watches um uh, that had the most clicks on our website right yeah we're going to do this in a little bit more of an efficient manner yeah. uh, we got some cool new graphics uh that we're we're just waiting here made for up here trending watches all right so our website gets a, a, an insane amount of traffic so uh, every week we like to look at this actually from our standpoint in the sales room, we'll look at what are the watches that are being looked at the most and see, like, does that line up with trends and what does that tell us? Like, that's one of the factors that we look at um, during our weekly sales meetings. So this week you can see, uh, yeah, instead of doing a countdown and taking up the entire show, we're just, we're giving you one pop right now. So you've noticed the number five most clicked watch is a Rolex Yachtmaster. I believe that one sold though, didn't it? Two of these uh, yeah. on the list sold this week. Yes. Um, so yeah, so, so that doing is, something right. Well, so we can assume that probably got some heat because of the new white gold 42, uh, but that's the 40 millimeter rose gold Oyster Flex Yachtmaster, fantastic watch. Uh, roughly price is going to be like uh, low 20s on that watch. The watch next to it is not a watch that we sold. Um, that's why it has a price huh. point, a an asking price point of $590,000. So that is a, a grand comp minute repeater um, from Paddock. Uh, the, that's a, um, a reference 50... 16G. It's an interesting looking watch. Probably not my first pick for spending half a million dollars on a watch. It's uh, not the not the prettiest paddock in my opinion. It's also yeah. I mean, it's thirty mid size thirty yeah thirty seven millimeter case. It's it's a lot going on in a small case, mm -hmm. but uh, definitely unique. I mean, you, you got to be the right kind of guy to pull that off. Yeah. Interesting watch. Not a Say, watch we sell uh, every day, but it is interesting to see that that is in our top. You know, click that's thousands of of clicks basically on yeah. that listing next to that you see the seiko presage and jason what do you tell us about the seiko presage i actually like the seiko presage i think that um they've seen a tremendous amount of success with with this dial uh complication essentially mm -hmm. you know the complexity of the dial in a cheaper watch uh a watch that retails you know for under three grand mm -hmm. and sells you know they pre sell pretty like strong so, yeah, yeah for pre-owned i mean they're selling for two thousand dollars and it's a it's a pretty watch it has kind of the romance of a grand seiko without the price tag mm -hmm. um and you know, there's a couple different variants. I think this is probably the the, the prettiest variant of, of most of the Presages. It's a blue dial, yeah, yeah. right. All right. So uh, second most or second to last most clicked watch this week was a Cartier Santos. This is an old style Cartier Santos. Is this the XL? Um, this is the 38 millimeter. So it's the midsize, yeah, uh, two tone. Um, it makes me feel good to see that Cartier is getting some love. In yeah, the top I think yeah. Um, you know, two tone. It's it's a classic Cartier, uh, you know. I think the the Chrono is what most people go after when they're looking at you know the XL, but uh, for the midsize, you know, I don't know. 
it's probably something where it gets a lot of traffic because it's a pretty iconic looking watch and you're looking at Cartier, you see a two-tone, it's listed, uh, what's it listed for? 7000 bucks. Yeah, so $7,000 two-tone watch that has some presence on the wrist. I guess. Um, you know, not an, maybe easy, people are looking not for an the easy sale, one. but yeah, or it could be that. Yeah. All right, and then the, the number one most This blew my watch, mind, yeah. Also, a watch that sold this week. Uh, so, Anonimo kind of uh, uh, reorganized and relaunched with a bunch of new uh, models, and this one was called the Natilo. Yeah. <laughs> guess who sold it? Was it you? Yeah. You sold the watch. All right. So, well, I mean, guess who owns not this exact model, but yeah. who owns a Nati Low? Uh, oh, the guy that I shipped this to. <laughs> and me. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, actually, I have two Anonimo in my collection. Um, if, it, if you don't know what Anonimo is, it is an offshoot uh, started by watchmakers, p original Panerai watchmakers, who when Panerai moved from Italy to Switzerland to join um, uh, the Richemont Group or the Vendome, Vendome Group at the time, Anonimo was uh, was started by those yeah, watchmakers to kind of preserve the Italian watchmaking. They said, whatever. no, thank you. We'll stay here. Yeah, we'll stay in yeah. Italy and eat our pizza and drink our red wine. So um, so that is the number one most uh, clicked uh, uh, watch on our website, which is very strange. Uh, what was the price point on that? It's got to be cheap. I think I bought mine for like uh, I think they were like 1700 bucks, something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, it's a cool watch. Uh, I mean, it's a great knockaround. It's a good gift watch as well. If you want to get somebody in, into watches and you don't want to get them something that everybody knows. Yeah. Uh, nice diving watch, though that one's on a leather strap. But all right, so that was the uh, the trending watches of the week. If you guys uh, have any thoughts, please comment. All right, next up to the meat of the show, what our conversation will be about today, and the uh, <laughs> the title of the show is Longa better than Paddock? Question mark. Right. So Jay, is it better? But we're not talking about that. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, I guess it's subjective. So the easy way out. Uh, from the title is it depends what your opinion is. Right. Um, that's what this whole show is going to be about. Yeah, essentially. So, listen, I will. Uh, They're listening. You know, I'll put it out there. I'm I'm a Paddock fan. Um, I have been for a long time. I don't dislike Longe. Mm -hmm. I think there there's things that Longe does that Paddock doesn't do, or you know, I'm not saying they can't, but they don't. And you know, I recognize from Longe that that's that's one thing. I think their finishing is top notch. I think um, you know they build a beautiful watch. I don't think they're as substantially structured as a company. You know, obviously their pieces on the secondary market don't hold the same kind of value that Paddock does. Well, let's talk about that then. Well, here, let me give you my my okay. overview. Sorry. So, um, you know, for that sake, there you know, there's there's pros and cons for both, um, which we're gonna we're gonna touch on in the show. There's cases to be made for you know as we talk about. On a lot of episodes, there's cases to be made for value proposition, and then there's the other side of it. So for me, the value proposition is is longe. Yes. But the love and what pulls at your heartstrings and the special kind, you know, the second kind of cool, if you want to call it that, or, or you know, is the wood box, is opening that paddock, is you know, is the tradition in that. And I can certainly appreciate both sides. Um, but I think we got a pretty cool little outline for today and some watches that converse each other. Mm -hmm. And we'll talk about what makes them different. Well, so, so we have basically two this or that situations. That and kind we got of some watches on the table, too. Right, and that's what we're talking about, right? Yeah. So we have two this or that situations that kind of encompass the brands. I mean, listen, it would take us hours upon hours to really compare the two brands. So this is a, a brief look. But um, so, the, so Paddock is known for... Uh, um, perpetual calendar, annual calendar chronographs, right? So 5960 and 5270s, sure. 5970s, 3970s, these are their, like their bread and butter. And obviously, you know, right now, if you 
if you talk to people about Paddock, most people are talking about Nautilus, which if you talk to like Paddock purists, they think the Nautilus is terrible because in, in one regard, they look at it and say, listen, Paddock is made for dress watches, high complications and, and tons of finishing. Why do I need a stainless steel sport watch from a company like that? And to be honest, that's what Longa says. They go, we don't have to. So for if Longa wanted to boost their cred and, and, and kind of grow their brand, they would release a stainless steel sport watch. Whether or not it would work or not, we don't right. know. But that would make sense to do. They have not done so. They are not. They don't play in that game whatsoever. The reason is for they have the same feeling as basically a lot of the, the paddock purists. So if you talk to guys who have been collecting paddock for 35, 40 years, you hear like, like Nautilus – it's a nice watch, but why do I need that watch from from that company where I can buy a Rolex or an Omega? Who they are? They make stainless steel sport watches. Right. That's what they make, right? So um, here we have fifty two seventy G. This, this is actually is, this is the prettiest fifty two seventy that exists on the planet, in your opinion, because a lot of people don't like this watch I for think spurt, it's, it's certain reason. I think it's the best iteration of this watch. So why don't you let people know why I say most people don't like this watch? I don't know why you wouldn't like the watch. Okay. Because I mean, so of the chin dial, which is, yeah, but, was limited run and, and so, but it's widely unliked. Well, widely so the, unliked. So the, in the history of, of mankind, something that wasn't liked and didn't sell instantaneously becomes you know, collectible and desirable later on. So but this has that hasn't happened yet. So, but it, uh, but this dial, I agree with you. I like this dial the best, and I like the 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 idea that this watch was a short run dial as well with the chin. But aesthetically, if we're not talking about collect, uh, you know, collectability, just pure aesthetics, it looks nicer without the chin. But I kind of like I like weird like funky stuff. Yeah. So I think you and I would say that this I would prefer to have this over the chin over the non chin and. The fact that it'll probably be collectible, you know, in 15, in 20 years yeah. is nice, too. But, I mean, you have to agree that this is a widely unlike watch, and that's why they made the change. Yeah, I mean, if, if you're talking about you're on the sales floor when this came out, am I, am I scratching my head? Probably. Mm -hmm. But, you know, in hindsight, they, they took a shot. It didn't work at retail level at first. Yeah. But that makes it all the more wild to collect it later. Sure. Which is, you know, which what you want when you're talking right. about something like this. So that's the 5270G. Blue Beautiful watch. What do we have here, Jay? Why don't you? Let's take a look at this. So now we're looking at the Longas. Longas basically answer or their, like, you know, yeah. their direct competition to a 5270G. Yeah, so Datagraph Perpetual. Uh, you got Moonface on there as well. And then for me, uh, Longay always does a really great dial. Um but the real magic, and we got some shots. I think we have some still photos of this too. But for the the one thing I will say, the uh, German silver, you want to call it, the uh, the plating that they do or lack thereof, depending on how you want to do it, mm -hmm. um, their their movement finishing is top notch. I mean, absolutely on par. Well, if you ask if not, experts, if not better, it's yeah. If you ask ex experts, it's going to be like half a tick above a. a, a paddock finishing yeah uh we do have some back some case back shots of both brands right. to, to queue up but so not only in function in form and delivery are these watches alike but price point they're very different right so the the paddock that 5270 is going to cost you if you want to buy that on like so brand new it's roughly one hundred and sixty thousand mm dollars -hmm. retail which i believe the retail of the of the data is probably going to be similar but the resale value, so the value retention of that watch, is going to be far, far greater than the um, 
than the dado. So that watch is gonna watch, be a watch you find for north of 130, whereas the price point on the dado perpetual, I believe is gonna be right around 100, right? Yeah, so in the in the second uh, tier, mm -hmm. they're gonna be much closer in terms of price, uh, price point, but they're gonna be farther away in terms of complication. This, this particular pairing, they're much closer in terms of complication. Uh, well, they're but the price points are completely different. Right. So, yeah, exactly. So what we're what we're trying what we're uh, essentially attempting to illustrate is the fact that this is more of a value proposition, whereas that's that's more of a uh, you know which watch do you like better? You mean the two watches in front Correct. of us here? Yeah, yeah so the, the, the stage two, which we'll get to. We'll get to but second, yeah. differential between these two pieces, I think, is really just a sanity check, and this is not. Uh, I very much don't think this is your your first paddock, but I do think that. If you're leaving a brand like Paddock, or you're you know you're buying some other stuff, this sure. could be your first longe. Well, if you're deciding whether or not which brand you want to collect, so like some some high end collectors are like you know they want to collect a full set of from a certain brand. Right. So both brands have a lot of history, right? Um, they're roughly about the same age in terms of mm -hmm. of you know their I guess their current production the way it is. One watch. It's funny. So Paddock is an independent brand. Right. And they make like estimates are roughly like 60,000 watches a year, which is a lot for right. an independent. That's more than Autumn Piguet makes. Whereas Longa, which is not an independent, they're owned by Richemont. Correct. Um, they're making 5,000 watches a year. So that's on par, if you want to put it in perspective, that's on par with a brand like Richard Mill. Richard right. Mill and makes about about four to 5,000 watches a year, I believe. So uh, in terms of like rarity or scarcity, I guess you want to say, the there's far less Longas out there. You know, there's also there's uh, obviously the Longa is not a uh, continuous brand, right? There were some mm -hmm. interrupted uh, world events going on, if you <laughs> want to call it that, at the time. Um, you know, they came back. They came back to to prove a point, which I think they're you know on their way to do. Mm -hmm. um, but that's only gonna you know further uh, enforce the point that they make less watches and they've been doing so for you know a scarcer amount of time. So. You know, are you going to run into another guy wearing a Dato Perpetual? Probably not. But, uh, you know, both watches are special. And I guess it really just comes down to what you can justify spending. Um, if it's if I have 10 or 12 different brands and I'm only going to own one Perpetual calendar, I think it has to be a paddock. But if I've owned two or three paddocks, I've owned a Perpetual, and I'm like, you know what, I want to try out this Longate thing that people keep talking about, it totally makes sense that Dato... I think the Longe one is probably the watch that may, if you're only going to own one Longe, mm -hmm. but uh, the data graph's awesome. I mean, they make so many amazing references. So the, yeah, so actually it's, about, you're going to get this for less than a hundred. So the resale value of this watch is, is roughly like 85 to $90,000 on the data. So you're going to spend roughly a, an extra 30 or $40,000 to get the, um, the paddock and, you know, uh, maybe a tick lower finishing though on that, on that model, maybe it's going to be roughly the same. Um, so it's really, there's a lot of name recognition and marketing is gonna be yeah. a huge difference between these two brands. It's a, like a $20,000 Calatrava uh, <clears throat> cross buckle too. 20,000? No, I'm just joking. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's where all the value is. <laughs> yeah, that's where maybe four or 5,000. All right, so you can see the two choices you would make if you're looking in this range. You know, Do you wanna spend more for, for the name and the prestige and also maybe a safer bet in terms of resale value or do you wanna spend less for you know maybe a tick less of that of the name brand the um the prestige but you know maybe a little bit higher level of of finishing and 
just based on pure numbers, like a little bit more exclusivity. Uh, in, in terms of just pure numbers too, a uh, better value proposition as well. It's appreciation yes. from retail to on your wrist. Right. Makes sense if we're talking pre-owned. Though now, there's more buyers, there's going to be more buyers within the industry and uh, private buyers that would spend money, sure. their money on the paddock. So it's... In terms of it being collect, like collectability. Sale. Yeah. Or exactly. Tradable. But in terms of on your wrist, oh, yeah. you own it, you're never going to sell it. You know, the... While this has potential to escalate, this the is yeah the, right. the paddock does. Mm -hmm. uh, the dado is probably a better value proposition to put it on your wrist and actually fall in love and enjoy the watch. Oh, without so. a doubt. Yeah, I mean they both. So in terms of aesthetically, you can see different influences between the brands as well. So you have Longa, which is a German brand, right, and it's very German in in many ways. So you can see kind of see how they have short, flat lugs. They don't put a lot of finishing in, into the lugs. The bezel here. Yeah, sorry. So it's going to have a little bit more of a sterile feel. The dial is actually probably a little bit more legible, even though you know there is going to be roughly the same amount of information on both watches in terms of what they're what they're delivering. Hey, let's see. Let me get them next to each other. All right. So there's a higher higher level of legibility on the on the um, the longa, whereas the paddock is going to be it's a little bit warmer. You see the lugs are scalloped here, and you know it's going to have. A little bit more of a warm, it's more of a French-Swiss influence as opposed to a full a little, German. A little more romantic. Right. Yeah, one's more serious and one's more romantic. You see exactly. The, and you're going to see that across the across the line with both both yeah. watches, both brands. There are certain longues that are, are warm, and yeah. when you find one, it's surprising. You know, when you have, like, a nice patina like salmon a, dial on something. Like or Saxonia like a, or something, Yeah, right? exactly. So, or even, like, uh, the regular 1815, just like the three-hand. Nice. That watch screams you know like a very warm and welcoming watch and it's not a tremendous amount of complication so that's a fantastic value for if you just want to try a longa get one for under fifteen thousand yeah. dollars something like the saxonia uh, you know time only you can get this for like fifteen thousand dollars you get a watch that it's like the highest level of finishing from a from a small brand even though it's you know it's not independent for, from a small batch brand and it's we we did just recently go down the rabbit hole of like uh, independents, really, really small independents, yeah, Josh and I, which we'll probably do something on that in a, in a next show or Sits after tall. that. The strap isn't worn uh, really at all. So. But you can see on the wrist, it's so nice, man. Yeah, it's pretty. Like So before I knew anything about watches, when I first I saw my first long, I just, it, it it's striking, right? So you look at it, it seems like there's a, a high attention to detail, but there is a like a coldness to it, which I kind of I kind of like it, actually. It's, nice. I mean... It takes a little. It's a learning curve. It takes a little get, getting used to appreciate, and I'm I'm warming up to Longe. Mm -hmm. um, takes a it's lot it's there's that. a lot of layers to the brand, uh, which is interesting. It's not you you know it's not face value. You really got to start to appreciate them. Um, but you know it's a cool watch. So so you can see two watches with basically the same complications at massively different price points in terms of market price. So the other the other option we want to look at and kind of give you an op an opportunity to understand is. So these two watches here, we have a Nautilus, it's 5712, mm -hmm. and we have the uh, the Zeitberg, right? So this is a rose gold Zeitberg, and um, I mean, massive amount of complication, right? And uh, basically a stainless steel sport watch with some complication of calendar, okay? B both these watches roughly trade on the, on the open market, on the street price, about the same. Right. So what are your thoughts on that, Jay? Uh, so here's, here's the thought. Uh, I'm I'm not a huge Nautilus fan. I don't think that's a, that's a you know a secret. I've always liked the Aquanaut a little bit more. Sure. Um, just 
in the history of the watch and uh, in the time that I've been doing this. So for me personally, even though I say I'm a paddock person um, or a paddock guy, that doesn't mean it's not subject to change as is, you know, the evolution of collecting. It's, it's always up to change. That's the idea. Um, in this exact pick, I go with the Zywerk because it's, it's different in complication than pretty much anything else on the market. Um, it's, it immediately attracts your eye. It's handsome watch. Um, I happen to think it's, it's one of their more, I mean, besides I, I would, I would want to elongate one to own it, but the Zeitwerk is, uh, if you're only going to have one watch, it's also a contender. You can make an argument for it just because of how different it is. Mm -hmm. Uh, it, this particular piece, uh, I know we have the, the other one queued up on the screen, but I want to shoot, uh, just this live one real quick in the rose gold. We talked about, you know, finding longues that are handsome and like attractive, yeah. uh, you know, and, and feeling like a natural type of watch. This is one of them. It has warmth. Yeah, their rose. Their rose gold is outstanding. That dial, which they always do, you know, really, really nice dials. Their finishing work. And then we watch this when we flip this over. Well, they, so it's. Look at that. Jumping hour, jumping minute. Yeah. And actually, uh, Paddock, the, his, uh, or sorry, uh, Jorn's answer to that watch is the, the Vagabondage. Right. Um, but yeah, so I mean, you see the amount of, I mean, it's, in terms of complication, there really is not. It's uh, at the top, there's power reserve, and it's just jumping, jumping minute, jumping hour, and then running seconds. Running seconds, which is not running right now. But Yeah, I probably should have wound these. Yeah. Um, but so, and that's roughly what, like an $80,000 retail. And it trades for low fifties. Right. So then you have fifty-seven twelve, which uh, what is it like? A, is that a thirty? If I remember the retail price on that watch, but uh, it's like low thirties retail. Damn, that is nice though. It's pretty. Um, is that worth fifty-two thousand bucks? I mean, it's so. So here's the thing. In terms of complication, I can find the fifty-seven twelve complication in something else. Absolutely. Right. Does that work? Not so much. I mean, if if I want to go somewhere else, I'm gonna pay a lot more money. You can find it in Calatrava for well less. The same movement, right? Yeah. So, but that's strictly okay. because it's an it's an forty thousand. It's a Nautilus. Well, right now, yeah, because the market's the bubbles, insane. Yeah. The so if you're insane. if you're making a decision right now, say, hey, listen, I want to, I have fifty thousand dollars to spend, and I want to buy either a Nautilus, or I want to buy either a Paddock or a Longa. I mean, these are so you can see the gulf in terms of value for dollars between the two brands. You see them right here on this table. Like this, this is you can either get stainless steel sport watch with a calendar moon phase, or you get you know something unbelievably unique, hard to make, unbelievably you know heavily finished for you know same price point. Interesting. So to answer the question of which one's better. Uh, we don't know. Well, so I know I'd which I that, prefer. I mean, if I'm if I'm spending my dollars, so we're traders. We have to think more about. We're, we have to think more about the, uh, I think value for dollars and, and what we're spending. So I would have to say I would get into a paddock. But if if my if I had a choice where I was buying a watch to wear forever, right, not to trade, and I had fifty thousand dollars to spend and I wanted to get a pre-owned watch, if 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 it came down to the well the one, the. Uh, we have a 5712G uh, up there, which is a different price point. But um, getting a stainless steel sport watch from Paddock, which I like, or getting the Zeitwerk, I think I'd have to get the Zeitwerk. Yeah. I think the Zeitwerk from – so the second stage, uh, the Zeitwerk is my pick as well. Um, from the first stage, I go with the chin. 
Sure, I see that. Uh, by the way, which I'm wearing here. And yes. This thing's unbelievable. Yeah, so on the screen right now, you're going to see a, a 5712G, which is it's the white gold version on a strap. But right. We just, in the way, on the way here, oh, we pulled what was available. To, so you to, can see there's definitely a, a warmness to this watch, too, even in white gold, which is going to be like the like the the most serious metal. I mean, with that dial and honestly with that strap and that clasp, that's unbelievable. So, I mean, both both brands really deliver. Like, they're not making junk. Um but you can see just the stark differences in value for dollars over both. So, I mean, I'd say that Paddock is, in almost every single way, though, Paddock is better than Longa. But Longa can compete. with So with a juggernaut like Paddock, Longa can absolutely compete. I think they, they hold their own. There is a steady case, a very solid track record for them to, uh, you know, base the argument on. Um, and I, I'm excited to see what they do, you know, in the next couple of years think the market could be stronger on them um if the brand were to uh, really invest in the secondary market in the brand mm -hmm. yeah like we've seen other brands do um you know sure up distribution sure up discounting um make the watch a little bit more desirable on the secondary market and you'll see it take off uh i think they're the brand has changed my uh i've changed my mind on the brand over the last couple of, you know even the last two years um and I like them a lot. Uh, I'm still learning Longue. There's, you know, I know a lot more about Paddock than I do about Longue, but I'm excited to go down, you know, that path and learn more about them. Um, so the so one other thing I wanted to say is that if you're making this choice, the other watch that's kind of like that doesn't get talked about enough, the other brand would be Vacheron, and Vacheron actually used and shares a lot of movements with Paddock. So. Right. You know, like some of their chronographs, the 5070, 5170 with the patrimony chronograph, it's going to be similar. So that's something else you want to think about if you're in this range. Um, so that's our discussion. You can see kind of we we uh, laid it out here for you. One last thing I wanted to show real quick. Do we have the, the picture? So uh, we don't do like a watch of the week or anything, but this is something I saw that came in. Um, I don't know how well you guys can see on that picture. But if you're if uh, once the show's over in the next minute or so, I want you to open up a Google uh, search page and search Rolex 5100. So this is a very small run, roughly a thousand watches with the Beta 21 movement, which Paddock also used, uh, made a watch that was large, unwearable, and ugly uh, using the same movement. I haven't, I've never seen one of these in person. I've, I've heard about these watches in the past, but this thing is unfreaking believable. It's a, it's a date just with a with a um, beta 21 movement so it has a sweeping like use basically a tuning fork to keep its time sweeping seconds hand but the thing is humongous i think it's 42 millimeters and i actually have a video of this on my wrist on my instagram at mr thanos dot, or at mr thanos m-r-t-h-a-n-o-s check it out uh in my ig story you can see me rolling over and you can see how the bracelet is just an unbelievable watch you don't see them very often and i'm surprised at the price points because uh if you look at a day date right now you're looking at high 20s this watch, which there's hundreds of thousands of those out there, this watch has all the wrist presence of a day-date with the exclusivity of only making a thousand. And what I think I read was it was a thousand total, 250 were white gold and 750 were yellow gold. I don't know if for sure that's true, but if that is, then you have basically 750 of these made ever. And it's super cool watch, has a great presence. And, and a they're story. listed for under, like under $20,000. It's got a great story to it. Yeah, unbelievable. Speaking of uh, Instagram, just because I catch so oh, much flack, yeah, uh, Jason, I feel like it's, it's to worth get on mentioning. Social media. So, nah. Um, <laughs> first of all, my Instagram was bigger than yours before Ooh. a certain event. Okay. Uh, boosted your Instagram okay. uh, profile, but uh, 
Yeah, I don't know if it's going to stay this way, but I, uh, I'm i beta testing something. So it's Evo Space Watches. Uh, Evo underscore, I thought. Yeah, well, when you space something, it underscores it. Is that how it works? Yes. I didn't realize. Okay. Evo underscore watches. Uh, I thought it was simple enough. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe I change it. But uh, yeah, so in, the comments, Jason. in the comments, let me know what you think. Tell if that works. Think about everything and does. you might see uh, I changed my... Uh, my screenshot or my uh, avatar avatar for something. Okay. Go check it out. Okay. All right. So but, uh, Jason's leaving it a mystery. Um, all right, guys. We'll all right, guys. So, it. yeah, thank you very much. Also, uh, check out the, the classroom. Did we release all the episodes yet? We have more to do. All right. So check out more of the classroom. If you guys want to learn about the history of Panerai, you can see my the first classroom edition of the third season. This was the third season. It's up uh, on our on the Watchbox Studio. Um uh, channel and otherwise subscribe. How many how many subscribers do we have now? Let's see, uh, seventy two thousand yeah. subscribers. That seems like a lot. Are those real? Those are all real, right? Wow, that's crazy. Seventy two thousand subscribers, but we want to get to seventy five. So tell all your friends, your family, people Tomorrow. you like, people you don't like. Tell everybody. Subscribe. Watch our silly show. Learn one, two things, and then also get mad or argue with us. We're happy about all those things. Um, so subscribe to our channel. Check us out on Instagram. Watchbox on Instagram. Check me out on Instagram, Mr. Thanos. Evo watches. He got an Instagram. It's amazing. Follow Jason. Uh, check us out on Facebook also. There's somebody on Facebook replying to messages. It's amazing. Um, also, we're on what Grubhub. We're on Tinder. Are we swiping right on this? Tinder? Uh,